Welcome to the 86,400 Experience, where your host, Stephen Filardo, provides you with tips, tricks, and tools you need in order to optimize your day in 30 minutes or less. It's time to embrace your purpose. On today's show, I have Steve Corona. He's the co-founder of Southwest Voices. He is a dialect coach and has 15 plus years in the entertainment industry working on films such as Army of the Dead, The Lone Ranger, and even Breaking Bad. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your coaching company. So tell me a little bit about how you came across Southwest Voices and even how you got into the film industry. Sure, sure. Well, let's see. Uh, so how I got into the film industry is going to take us back a little further. So I'll start there. In 2006, I had just graduated with my master's degree in theater from Minnesota State University. And I thought, well, I was either going to maybe go to one coast or the other, New York or L.A. And I heard about this kind of uh, well-kept secret <laughs> called Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I thought, well, I'll check it out. So I came down here and started auditioning, you know, got the agent, started booking some roles. Uh, joined SAG-AFTRA and right about that same time I was very fortunate in that there was a film shooting here starring Gerard Butler called Gamer and uh, he needed a dialect coach <laughs> he's a Scottish actor you know needed to sound American and they had one for him on set but you know sometimes personalities clash they didn't work well together and they reached out to me because they had heard about me through a local casting director they knew that I was quite good uh, you know, quite adept with with uh, dialects and accents. So they brought me on just to try me out because they were kind of desperate last minute, brought me on and it worked great. We got along well. I think I did some good work with him. And then shortly after that, another film came starring Helen Mirren called Love Ranch. And so, you know, that's kind of how I got my start as a dialect coach. And I've been working ever since on set and individually with actors as needed, um, which brings us fast forward to closer to Southwest Voices um, in 2020 you know, the pandemic happened. Things were shutting down. Film production was at a halt. Uh, we weren't sure when things were going to pick back up. Uh, live theatrical productions completely shut down with who knows, you know, when they would start back up again. And so we realized my partner, Michelle Campbell and I, uh, we had met on a TV show <laughs> called Daybreak for Netflix in 2019 or 2018. I can't remember exactly. And uh, and we started talking. We realized we both have a background in voiceover as well. And we've been teaching at other places. And finally, early 2020, we finally decided, you know what? We should really just start our own thing. We, we should just offer what we've learned over the years, our expertise, our experience. And let's put it out there and see who we can help. And so 2020, again, that whole thing happened, and we just saw waves after waves of actors getting hungry to learn this new voiceover skill, this new voice acting thing. And so we've had a lot of actors come through our doors over the last year. We've been around for a, a little over a year now. In October, it was a year. So we're heading into year number two. And uh, yeah, we, we've learned a lot. And you know, being a new business owner, there's a lot of things that you learn in, the, in that first year <laughs> that either kind of... Uh, make you sink or swim and thankfully i think we're swimming we're doing all right so yeah i mean that that kind of brings us up to present day right so i think i answered that question let me know if you want to know anything else on that no and that that's great um so i i also started my business in the pandemic started june 1st 2020 
And so I know right where you're at. Now, I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit there and discuss how how making that transition went. So mm. like just jumping in, starting a business in the middle of the pandemic, like you've already worked with Helen Mirren, you worked with Gerard Butler. Did you use any of those connections to help you advance in the and mm. building your own? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. So did I use them? Not maybe directly. You know, I didn't reach out to them and say, hey, can you can you uh, give me a testimonial or something? Because I already kind of had that. I had asked them for those types of things. And so I'd gotten them in writing years before. And they both vouch for me. They both, you know, seem to like working with me. So that always helps. And I can always refer back to that. But mostly, I just lean on the experience of doing it. And I know that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and, and I, yes, I do have the you know, body of work to support that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the thing is I lean more into letting the work speak for itself. Um, I'm, I'm not the best self-promoter. I could definitely <laughs> brag on myself a little more. As you've seen my resume, I've done some uh, you know, interesting stuff, work with some pretty cool people. But I just kind of look at that as like, I've learned these lessons from these amazing people who are at the top of their field. And I've taken little bits and pieces here and there and kind of formed my own uh, way of operating, my own technique, my own you know, method, <laughs> if you will. And so, yeah, I, I've just kind of been letting the work speak for itself. <clears throat> as, as well as my partner, Michelle. She's done some incredible things too. So we just kind of brought that to the table, laid it out and said, here you go. Here's what we have to offer. We hope it helps. And we think it has been. So That's incredible. And I, I do think in most cases, when the work speaks for itself, you, you can go anywhere. Now, what do you feel has been one of the biggest lessons that's kind of led into your methodology that helps you with this company? Hmm. Uh, well, one thing that we've found through this whole first year of being in business is it's so important to be able to have for us, because it's the two of us, me and Michelle, we're equal uh, ownership partners. And so we lean on each other for everything. So it was very important that we had these discussions before even starting the business of kind of making sure we were in alignment on what we thought was, you know, the main purpose of the company. Why do we even exist? What do we have to offer? And how do we want to operate? And so, I mean, we have almost daily meetings still throughout the entire year that we've been able to lean on each other to kind of pick each other's brains. And because we're like 99.5% in alignment, we might disagree on tiny little things, but mostly it's been so much easier than I imagine it ever would have been had I done this on my own. So I'm very thankful to that partnership. And so that kind of speaks to that, that whole partner accountability partner, maybe even uh, having somebody that you trust very much to have these discussions with that, that you can help to kind of uh, guide where you're going with the business. Um, yeah, I, I think that whole accountability partner piece has been crucial. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's a big part of what I do. So when I'm not podcasting, I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach. A lot of people hire me as accountability. And so being able to have someone else that can say, hey, that let, let's take a step back here. Let's think about that. 
Sometimes I wish I had that in my business. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely. Um, so I, I did want to talk to you about how, how exactly do you help actors and actresses find their voices? Mm. Great. Well, we, again, Michelle and I believe <clears throat> very strongly in only teaching and coaching things that we have direct experience in that we have seen the things that we're teaching are things that we know have worked, at least for us. So we're not going to just take a book off the shelf and read to somebody because you can do that on your own. The things that we offer are things that, again, that we're currently working in. So we're both also working actors. And uh, so I know I can take this thing that I've learned, say, say for example, in audiobook narration. I, I narrate a lot of audiobooks. And I've learned what I've learned. I, I've learned things that uh, people should avoid. <laughs> and I've learned things that can help you very much. So we've kind of distilled that down into very specific courses of study, classes, trainings uh, that are very targeted to these kind of niche areas within voiceover as the umbrella. Um, so again, we're, we're getting very targeted. And even within each class, I've taught my, my intro to audiobooks narration class five times this year, uh, five different rounds throughout the year. And each round is totally different. The material is always the same. It's always outlined <laughs> at the head of class, but then depending on who's in the class, what level they're at, what they already know, what they don't know, I may have to do some tweaking. So I always tailor every experience to whoever I'm, I'm working with. And I'm sure you work the same way, right? Absolutely. As a trainer, as a coach. Yeah. And, and to me, you just can't teach a canned class. Like that doesn't, I don't think that ever flew really, but it definitely doesn't <laughs> fly these days, right? People need to be taught where they are. Absolutely. And that, that's a very important piece to touch on. I mean, at least in the fitness industry, we see a lot of just like, you get these canned programs, you get kind of cookie cutter, and it's not super individualized. You see this with diets where my friend tried the keto diet, and it's the best diet ever. No, it's not. Um, it may be the best <laughs> for you, but it, not not for every single person. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about really, really dialing in that individual experience? Are there certain questions you ask the people you're working with? Yeah, I think it starts with, you're, you're exactly right, having that conversation up front and discovering the individual that you're working with and figuring out what are your particular goals? Because I work with people who, oh, it would be fun to maybe dabble in this and other people that are like, this is my career from here moving forward. Like, let's get really serious about this. Let's take some practical steps. Let's plan ahead. You know, you tell me what are the things I need to work on. And so we might do an individual, you know, checklist of items that we really need to, to accomplish to get them to whatever level they're, they're wanting to get to. So that kind of conversational um, approach is where we start. A lot of times we'll have a consultation call. If somebody just really has a lot of questions or specifically if they're very new to this and they have no idea where to start, we're glad to jump on the call with them and just really kind of suss that out so that we know better how to serve them moving forward. Uh, and, and we'll recommend classes that we think will help get them there or specific trainings. We'll even send them to other coaches if we think that's what will best serve them because we don't believe in being selfish and saying like, you have to learn everything from us because we kind of think that that's nonsense. Both Michelle and I, we have learned from 
a variety of sources, you know, and so we know that that's almost impossible to learn everything you need to know from one place. And again, going back to the fact that we don't teach anything we haven't done particularly ourselves. So we know, oh, you want to do this one specific thing that we don't coach on? Guess what? We have friends who are coaches. Go see them here. Let them know we sent you, you know. And so there's that kind of friendly cross the industry, like let's all help each other out kind of attitude that we uh, have adopted. That, that's so smart. And I think it's something that's really, really needed in any coaching industry. I mean, um, I can't really speak for the entertainment industry, but fitness industry, a lot of coaches will see each other as competition and they'll be afraid to share their trade secrets. So what, what are some of the obstacles you face there in the entertainment industry as far as like other, other coaches maybe viewing you as competition. Sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've been feeling that a little bit more these last couple of months, people seeing me as competition. And I think the reason why is I'm on this app called clubhouse a lot. I'm on there, (laughs) you know, almost daily. And I love it because it's, it's like, it speaks my language, not literally, you know, (laughs) it's all about the vocal uh, interaction with people. And so I love it. I've gotten on there back in, I think, January of of 2021. And um, just right away it clicked. I was like, Ooh, this is, this is great. I got on there. I started just sharing with people who I am, what my, my heart is for to help people to learn this, these skills and to share whatever experiences that I've learned, because I just genuinely want to help people. I want to see people succeed. It gives me such a big high when I see my students go out there and, you know, kill it. So I came at it from that approach and very open, very honest, laid, laid all my cards out on the table. And even from the beginning, I noticed some coaches were a little more like, "Mm, we'll give you a little bit, but we really want to hold the good stuff to ourselves until you pay and come, you know, sign up with us. Um, which, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I don't give a hundred percent of everything away, but I give a lot of things away in conversation because, well, first of all, you know, people aren't going to take action on everything you say. They'll, they'll listen to it and think in the moment, wow, this is really good. And then maybe not doing anything, anything with it. So in a lot of cases, unfortunately, I'm not really losing out because people aren't actually acting on the things I tell them to do. It's not until they're actually in class with me in training where I'm pounding it into them daily or weekly that they finally will take that action because they have somebody pushing them. But to your point about the coaches and that kind of like uh, not necessarily jealousy, but there is at times certain coaches can get a little jealous or protective of their students, you know? Um, And I just find that, I don't know maybe a little short-sighted because again, like I said, I can't learn everything from one person. I have to learn it from a bunch of people and then make my own decisions on what's useful and what's not. And if something's really useful to me, I'm going to keep going back to that source and maybe add a couple little things along the way. Everyone's got their own path, right? We're not the same. We learn differently. So yeah. And now that we're starting to build a little more recognition, Michelle and I are seeing that some coaches are like, Oh, you know, they're, they're taking notice. Um, and again, we're not necessarily trying to make waves so much as just help as many people as we can. For sure. And I think when you when you lead with the heart like that, you're going to see so much more success than if you're just leading with the profits. 
Like if you're just leading from a place of how many people can I get into this funnel? How many people can I get in front of me and get paying me? Like you need to be willing to give some of that information for free. Um, especially in a world where we have Instagram and TikTok and all of this. Yeah. So speaking on Instagram and TikTok and all that, do you ever coach someone on how how to become a better speaker on any of these social media platforms? You mentioned Clubhouse. You know what? I, I haven't, to be honest, um, because here's the thing. I'm still learning how to use those better for myself anyway. And if I'm still learning, I'm still kind of in that infancy myself. I'm not going to try to teach somebody else what I haven't already mastered. So, um, no, I haven't coached anybody in those arenas. But, yeah, Clubhouse, definitely, of all the social medias, ask Michelle. <laughs> she's like, wow, that's you found your platform. You know, she's like, just dive in. Um I, I enjoy using the other ones, Instagram, Facebook. I've started to lean a little bit back into Twitter, trying to get into LinkedIn, but there's just so many and so much. I just don't have time for all of that. Again, if I'm letting my work speak for itself, I have to do the work <laughs> and I don't have time to do the work <laughs> if I'm always just talking about it and not actually doing it. So I'm still trying to find that balance for myself. Um, but that's interesting. I like that thought, coaching somebody on how to use Clubhouse, that I could do. I feel yeah. like I feel pretty comfortable in that arena. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's interesting, like, especially now in this time, like we're just starting to see some of these businesses come about. Like we, a, a year ago, we never would have heard of a key to, it's not even a key, but you press an elevator button with it. And now that thing is selling like crazy. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. So you don't actually have to touch things, right? Yeah, so you don't actually have to touch things. I mean, people are making money off of creating masks. Like, who would have thought that a mask would be a style accessory? Yeah. Um, So I think definitely within the next few years here, we're going to see a lot of opportunities open up for people that adopted early within the pandemic and kind of just adapted right away. As we kind of wrap up this conversation, I I always like to bring up the metaverse and NFTs and a little bit about like web 3.0. What are your thoughts on that in the, uh, in the entertainment industry? Man. um, Well, Really, I get my source of NFT knowledge from, you know, Gary V. Uh, love him. And, and he seems to be the most knowledgeable person I know of. Uh, and so I've been learning slowly again myself. And because I don't know all that much about it yet, I can't really speak too much to it. But I do see a lot of interesting opportunities there. You know, things like creating badges, things that are unique and, and carry with them that whole digital contract. Now, this person has this unique one-of-a-kind badge that they can take with them, and that grants them access to premium content or something like that is a really kind of interesting idea to me in the business I'm in. So 
Uh, and I'm a little bit of a creative, uh, you know, art, <laughs> visual artist myself. I, you know, I, I dabble in drawing and I took a bunch of art classes, painting and things in college. So I'm starting to think like, hmm, how can I, you know, figure this out and use it for myself? So the answer is, I don't know. I'm figuring it out as everybody <laughs> else seems to be. And maybe I'm a little behind the curve on that, but I'm hoping to see if I can make it work somehow. That's awesome. Steve, I appreciate the conversation. Like I thought this was a really good topic to have you on and uh, look forward to hearing what people think. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the 86,400 Experience. If you enjoyed this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on your preferred platform and introducing us to your friends and family. Until next time, keep living your life to the fullest.